Good evening. Thank you again so much for tuning in to the Wednesday night Bible study here at Antioch Baptist Church. We're continuing our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're in chapter 22, and we're going to see if we can get from verse 1 all the way through verse 23. Now, we know that we are in the last week of Jesus's life. We know that at the beginning of the week, he starts with the triumphant entry in chapter 21, and he comes into Jerusalem. The people hail him as uh, as the Messiah. They say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He goes straight from that, uh, and he goes and he cleanses the temple. You see Jesus uh, giving a kind of a, a, a protest, you might say, in that he was saying that the, the temple was called to be a house of prayer, and he's attacking uh, he's attacking the injustice, and he's attacking... Uh, the the crooked, the greed of the religious system, how they were capitalizing on the poor and and on those who were trying to to worship, and it really ticked Jesus off, and so he drives them out second time in his ministry that that he did that, and so we also see that his authority now is being challenged, and he starts tell, telling these parables. Remember, a parable, the word parable, uh, you have para, which means to cast, and then able, which means alongside. So the parable is a story that is cast alongside of a spiritual truth. Parable is used to bring it to uh, the truth to the surface. And he's going to continue uh, tonight in sharing some some parables because he was he remember he he shared parables with the people because he's trying to illustrate the principles of the kingdom of heaven. He wanted them to know what that was like. And so as we go in tonight in Matthew chapter uh, 22 verses 1 through 22. Uh, Before we do that, let's take a moment and let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your world. We just pray uh, that in these uh, these times that we're living in, Lord, with so much unrest and with the racial tension and uh, and with the COVID-19 and with the political uh, things that are going on all around us uh, and and the unrest there, oh God, we just ask that your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, help us to be kingdom-minded. Help us, oh God, to to weep with those who weep. Help us, oh Lord, to to, to support our African-American brothers and sisters in the African-American community as they continue uh, to further uh, their cause for equality. Lord, help us to be Help us to be wise, Lord, in how we in how we navigate these times. Help us to be supportive. Help us to be uh, loving, and help us, oh God, to remember that uh, we're, we're called to love you with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And oh, help us to keep that in the forefront of our mind. We pray your continued protection over our our law enforcement officers and for the national guard that's uh, that's been called out in many places and and for their families, Lord. We just pray for peace. In Jesus' name, we pray, oh God, that the Prince of Peace would come. And, and Lord, we're thankful to live in an order, an, or a society that has the protection of, of, of so many good uh, men and women in law enforcement. And I, we just pray your blessing on them. We pray that you'll help us all to come together uh, during these days and just to seek the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Help us to do our part uh, in, in, in doing that on all sides. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, now. Remember, Jesus just told the parable of the vineyard owner, and Jesus has been, when he comes into Jerusalem in the triumphant entry, he's showing that he's the fulfillment of all the Jewish symbolism in the Old Testament. He is the Messiah. He is the Passover lamb. 
He is, uh, he, he is the fulfillment of, of the sacrificial system. He's going to give his life once and for all. He's the fulfillment. And remember, he cursed the barren fig tree. That was representative of how Israel had failed to uphold their mission. Uh, to be uh, to be God's chosen people, Israel's job as God's chosen people was to be separate uh, from the nations around them. They were to be holy, but they were also to bring other people to the Lord. They were called to reach out and to be a place that that brought the rule of Yahweh, that brought the rule of Almighty God to to the other nations. And we know that they didn't do that. They ended up falling in. Uh, with other with other idols and with other the people around them and they didn't obey God and they ultimately went into exile and then they ultimately were 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 held captive by Babylon and then by the Persians and now during this time in Matthew 22 they're in captive to Rome but they failed they were like that barren fig tree they showed the the the, the plants and they they appeared to be in full bloom but they they bore no fruit and and Jesus is continuing now he uh, when he says the parable of the vineyard owner he told he shows how the religious leaders rejected the Messiah they're rejecting Jesus and so Jesus has presented himself he's being rejected by the religious system and he's going to tell another parable that's going to illustrate uh, their apathy it's going to illustrate how they are they're still refusing to follow uh, the, the chosen Messiah the religious priests the Pharisees the Sadducees they're against Jesus because he threatens their religious system he threatens their power and their status and so Jesus is once again going to, to give us another parable, another story cast alongside to illustrate the truth of the Israel of his time. And so we know that he did fulfill that. We know that God still has a plan for Israel, that they're going to be a part of the church, grafted, and we've been grafted in as Gentiles, as non-Jewish people. God still has a plan for Israel. He's not casting them aside forever. But for this Jewish generation, uh, Jesus does foretell that that they would be that they would be judged, and we saw that in A.D. 70 when Rome destroys the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus predicted that, and it's going to happen. He's going to tell us another story about that here. Now, Matthew 22. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out his slaves to summon those invited to the banquet. But they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other slaves and said, Tell those who are invited, Look, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fattened cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. So there not, not a lot of vegans coming to this feast. This is for this is for carnivores right here, baby. The fattened cap. I like that. Everything is ready. Come to the banquet. Now you have to understand something first and foremost about Jewish weddings. Uh, they weren't like they were today. They were planned. For a season, they were planned without a specified time. Can you imagine if we did that today with save the date? Save the date, you know, sometime sometime next spring. And that's how it was. They they gave the season. They gave the, the, the time frame. And as it got closer, then they would narrow down the actual date. And so, you know, they would go out. They would send people out to say, get ready. The king is throwing a wedding banquet for his son. Now, the king in this story is, is God the Father. The son is Jesus. The slaves are the prophets and the disciples who have been sent out to invite people to the banquet. And the banquet is symbolic of salvation. The banquet is symbolic of the marriage supper of the Lamb that, that, that all believers are going to share with Christ. That wedding banquet was a great messianic feast that, that we are going to share with Jesus when we go into heaven. And so all the Jews expected that. They were taught that they would share uh, in this wedding feast with the Messiah. We know that the, the church 
is the bride of Christ. And when he returns, he's going to take us home to be with him. And we're going to celebrate. Now, the wedding banquet, it's interesting. The wedding banquet lasted seven days. Well, we believe that we're going to be raptured up. We're going to enjoy the wedding banquet in heaven while the tribulation goes on down on earth for seven years. And then after that, then after that would happen, then we're going to return with Christ. And so it's amazing how you see the sim- the symbolism there. It's you draw all those comparisons, and uh, when the bri- when the bridegroom would take the bride uh, before they would come out to greet the guests, they would spend seven days together, and then they would come out and have a huge celebration. And so all of those things are, are lining up, and with the Jewish symbolism, and with what's going to happen with the church at the marriage supper of the Lamb after we're after we're raptured. So that's what the banquet is. The banquet represents that offer to salvation. Uh, You see in Isaiah 55, come all who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come and eat. God is inviting us to the banquet. He's inviting us to salvation, to be filled and to be satisfied uh, in his presence and in his love. And so he sent the slaves out. He sent uh, the disciples. He sent the prophets out to invite people. And those who were invited did not uh, did they didn't want to come he goes out and he tells them look i prepared my dinner i all those things are are ready the the cat the the fattened cattle has been slaughtered come to the wedding come to the wedding banquet and we and we can see the symbolism there we know that the the price for salvation has been paid and now the invitation to salvation is open to us and Jesus is also saying how it was open to the Jews of his day. The Messiah is here. Come and, and be a part of the feast. It says in verse 5 that they paid no attention and they went away. One to his own farm, another to his business, uh, and others seized his slaves, treated them outrageously, and killed them. And the king was so outraged, so he sent out his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned down their City again. Jesus is foretelling what happened. He's rehashing what happened when what, what they did to the prophets. They killed the prophets. The prophets prophesied, repent and turn to the Lord, and they didn't listen. The disciples are going to go out and they're going to say, repent and be saved. Call on the name of Jesus. And we know that all of the original apostles outside of Judah, we know Judas hung himself, but the other eleven and the apostle Paul were all martyred for their faith. So Jesus is prophetically telling a story of what's going to happen, what has happened and what's going to happen uh, to his disciples when they go out to preach the gospel. They're going to be killed. All of them were. And then he also foretells that Jerusalem is going to be burned to the ground. That happened in AD 70. So everything Jesus is saying uh, took place. This is a prophetic parable. He's warning them with this story. And the moral of the story is come to the banquet. But they're going to refuse. One went to his farm, it said. One went to uh, his own business. And others uh, seized the slaves and, and, and killed them. And so, you know, the, the tragic thing is no one had time for the king. Now, you have to understand in, in a kingdom, when the king throws a party and invites you, you come. You cannot say no to the king. You don't, you don't tell the king. You have no better plan than whatever the king has arranged. And so and that, that's symbolic of the Jews, how they rejected Christ as the Messiah. They said, no, we're not coming, and they killed the messengers. And that, that's going to have severe ramifications. It's going to have severe severe punishments. But how many times, let's take it to us today, how many times do we say, well, I'm just too busy. I just don't have time. Man, what a shame to say you don't have time for God. Even with 
uh, everything during COVID-19 being canceled. We've still found ways to be busy. We've still found found ways to get out of of, 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 of streaming and tuning in and, and doing these different things. Like we have to, we really have to wake up and understand like we, we need to come to the banquet. We need to obey the Lord. We need to make sure that nothing comes before him in our lives, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with farms and businesses. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with team sports and with youth sports and all those things. And they're all starting to open back up. We're starting to get back going. Listen, as we get back into the flow of life, let's make sure that we don't allow uh, our number one priority to be replaced because there's nothing better than obeying God. As we begin to reassemble in this Sunday, we're, we're planning on uh, starting to regather here in the church. And as we begin to do that, let's let's make it a priority. We, we have a fresh start here. Let's not get let's not get sidetracked. Let's not misplace our priorities. Let's not serve lesser lords. Let's not get let's not get caught up in causes that that aren't centered around the cross, man. Let's make sure that when the king calls us and he says it's time to reassemble, it's time to regather, man, let's be there. Let's do what we got to do to to start being the church and getting back on mission. I said it Sunday. Man, we've got to get back to our mission. We we got to get back to to the love our community, serving our community and and loving our community and getting the gospel out to our community. Man, I don't ever want to tell the king. Don't ever tell King Jesus you're too busy for him. If you're too, I want you to hear me tonight. If you are too busy to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you're too busy. You need to change some priorities. And we should. That's the irony. We have this, we've had, we've been given this, this, this reset where everything stopped. And it's so funny because when you couldn't go anywhere else, you saw people. I mean, they were on the feed. They're commenting on Wednesday night. Oh, I can't. You know, I this is this is God talking to me. I'm, I need to get back involved. Uh, this, this God is waking me up. And then what? As soon as they could get gone and, and go and go here and go there, they're gone, and we don't see them now. Listen, man, you got to check yourself. You got to check your heart. Where's your priority? What, what's the most important thing in your life? It needs to be the cross. It needs to be loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All of it. And loving your neighbor as, as yourself. And I mean, supporting, I mean, building relationships and reaching out empathy for, for our fellow man, for our brothers and sisters. I got, it's so cool. I, I got to talk to a state trooper in our parking lot earlier this week. And, and I, I was talking to him and he was like, man, it's crazy. I'm going through all this stuff. And, and, uh, and he said, I don't even have that. I don't even have hand sanitizer. And I was able to give him 10 bottles from the church and said, man, look, we, we're praying for y'all. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And, uh, and got to pray with him right here in the parking lot. I mean, that it's open doors. It's opening opportunities. There are opportunities out there right now to share the gospel like never before. And we need to take them. We need to share it. We need to be about it. And that's because that's what we're called to do. That's what we are called to do. When the king puts the invitation, when the king gives the command, you respond. But so many of us, just like the, the guests of this banquet, just like the Jewish people of Jesus' day, now we ain't coming. We got other things to do. Ah, it's been tough. Listen, you need to push through. When you've had the worst week, that's when you need church the most. That's when you need the truth the most. When you've had the toughest time, I mean, so many of us, it's like life. Oh, it's been such a bad week. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not gonna tune in. I'm just need. No, when you've had the toughest week, that's when you need it the most. Push in. Press in. Answer the call. Because as he says, many are invited, 
but few are chosen. He says that in verse 14, and we'll get to it in a minute. But man, everyone right now is being invited to salvation. All the Jews of Jesus' day and all the Jews in the history past, through the preaching of the prophets and, and all throughout the Old Testament, they were all invited to come to the banquet. They were all invited to repent, to follow the Lord and to obey him. And they chose to be more about their business than about God's business. And I'm sick and tired of that. I'm just going to tell you. I'm tired of the people that, you know, one minute it's it's one minute it's church and the next minute it's it's every it's 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 it's, it's everything else. B through Z. And 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 we're playing this game. Stop playing this game, man. If you're about that Christ life, then be about that Christ life all the time. If that's who you are, if you're a believer, the Bible says that your life is in Christ. So if your life is in Christ, then be about that Christ life all the time. Not when it's convenient. No days off. Y'all getting me? I'm supposed to be doing a Bible study, and I got to meddling and preaching. The king was enraged, and so he sent out his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burnt down the city. That was fulfilled A.D. 70, when Rome destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. Now, verse 8, then he told his slaves, the banquet is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy. Now, why weren't they worthy? Because they didn't accept the invitation. They were invited. They said, no, that makes them unworthy. You know who isn't worthy of heaven? The only people unworthy of heaven are the people who don't receive the free gift of salvation. All of us are unworthy in our own strength, but God makes us worthy. Christ makes you worthy. You have value and worth because you're created in his image. The only reason you don't get in is because you choose not to come in. God, stop saying, God. God's not sending anybody to hell. God's honoring the decision of your free will. When you, If you don't want to live this life in relationship with God, why on earth are you expecting to think you want to live the, the eternity in relationship with God? You know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We want just enough Jesus. We want just enough Jesus to keep us out of hell, but not enough Jesus to bring heaven to our heart today. We don't want to walk in that kind of intimacy. That's what he wants. They were unworthy because they didn't accept. Therefore, go to where the roads exit the city. Oh, I like this. Go out to the country roads, baby. Get off of Interstate 64 and roll down the rolling road. Come on, somebody. Go out to the roads outside of the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those slaves went out to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good, with the wedding banquet was filled with guests. I love this. This is symbolic of the gospel being opened up. And we see this happen in the book of Acts when the gospel was sent out to all nations, to all peoples, to every tribe, to every race, to every tongue. The gospel is for everyone. Christianity is for everyone. And heaven will be full of every race. Man, what a shame when you turn on the news and some of these protest walks are, they look more like heaven than the average church on Sunday morning. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's like the only place segregation still exists is the church. I mean, come on, man, we got to wake up. And I, Listen, I know that some of that's by choice, but we need to do everything we can. Heaven is going to be full of people from every denomination, from every ethnicity, from every race, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's going to be a multitude that no one can number. Man, I would really like to see our church begin to look like heaven now. Wouldn't you? Let's pray about it. I know that a lot of it's outside of our control, but you know maybe there's something that we can do, and let's do that. Come on, somebody. Now, 
It was filled with guests. Verse 11. But when the king came in to view the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for the wedding. And so he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. The king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing in teeth for many are invited, but few are chosen. How did you get in here without wedding? Listen, the only way we get in to heaven is we have to be clothed in the righteousness of God. The Bible says this, that he, God made Christ, who knew no sin, to become sin for us so that we might be called the righteousness of God. The only reason I'm righteous is because I have the life of Christ in me. I'm clothed in his righteousness. That's the only way you get in. There is no socioeconomic uh, perk that gets you in. There is no amount of pedigree or intellect or education. Nothing else gets you in except being covered in the righteousness of Christ. That is imputed to us when we call on the name of the Lord and repent of our sins and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then we, we are forgiven. We are set free. We are justified before the Father and we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's how we get in. Because when Jesus, when God the Father looks at us, he sees the imprint, the blood of his son on our lives. See, it's like we were found wanting. We owed a debt. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the he stepped on the scale and weighed it out. He leveled it out. He paid our debt. We were in debt to God. But then when Jesus stepped on the scale, it says, God says, you're covered because my son's covered you. You got to be wearing anyone who it doesn't matter if you're a good person. It doesn't matter if you're a religious person. It doesn't matter if you have some other faith. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you're not dressed for the wedding. Put your trust and put your faith in Jesus Christ. And what does he say? They'll throw him in the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's hell. Hell's a real place. You can't have, you can't, everyone wants to believe in heaven. Nobody wants to believe in hell. Well, there had, I mean, you can't have one without the other. And you got to remember that hell was not intended for human beings. It wasn't created for human beings. Hell was created to punish the fallen angels and the devil. But that God is a holy God. He can't tolerate sin in heaven. The great children's lesson, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch the Kids Alive lesson from this past Sunday. God, A holy God can't allow sin in the heaven, so Christ has to cover it. Sin has been judged on the cross, and if you put your faith in Christ, then sin will, will, will be covered. But if you do not, well, then there has to be a payment. There has to be a penalty. And so those not dressed for the wedding get thrown out into outer darkness. And Jesus is talking to these Pharisees saying, look, you were invited, but you didn't want to come. You had the prophets of the Old Testament. You had the law of Moses. You had John the Baptist. And you didn't listen to any of them. So what does he do? He goes out. Jesus goes out to the down and out, to the poor. He tells the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. I'm telling you, the banquet is going to be full and it is going to be beautiful. Now, so Jesus is telling these parables about them. They know he's talking about them. And so they're trying to make plans to trip him up. They're trying to catch him in a trap. They're trying to catch him in his words. They're trying to turn the people against him so that they can they can work on their position. Because right now, remember, I mean, we're, we're on probably Tuesday here of, of, of Passion Week. Jesus has a few days left to live. But as of right now, I mean, the people are loving him. 
the people are loving the miracles, they're loving the teachings, they're loving what he's doing at the temple. Uh, they're, they're, they're rallying behind him. He's got this huge following. They think he's the Messiah. The public thinks he's the Messiah. And the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, two groups that never got along, and the chief priests, all these other Jewish religious leaders are coming together saying, we have got to get rid of this guy. How do we do it? They come up with what they think is a fail-proof system. And they're going to question him about paying taxes to Caesar. The average Jewish uh, man hated, they thought, it was, they thought it was an abomination to pay taxes to Caesar because on, on, the, on, the, on the coin, on the currency, it had a picture of Caesar and it claimed that it, it, the, the Latin inscription on the coin said Caesar the high priest. So all the Jews were, they, they refused to use the money. They had their own currency. They had their own money system that they used in the temple. Wouldn't allow Roman currency to come into the temple. And that's why Jesus overturned the tables because they're skimming off the top. They're crooks. They're cheating people. They're greedy. But there was, so they think, all right, we'll ask Jesus if he thinks it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar because the Jewish people hated paying their taxes to Caesar. We don't like paying taxes today, even though we got an extension this year. But so they think this is a foolproof because because we know he's he's probably going to say that you, you if he says you got to pay taxes to Caesar, then we'll be able to get the Jews rallied against him. And if he says no, you don't have to pay taxes to Caesar, then we'll be able to get the Romans to arrest him. So they come up with this fail-proof system. They're like, we got him. We're going to question him publicly. We're going to get him either way he goes. If he, says, if he says to pay it, then the Jews will turn against him. If he says don't pay it, then the Romans will arrest him, and he'll be off of our radar. So this, let's read how this plays out. Jesus is always one step ahead. Can we just say that? Jesus is always one step ahead of every enemy in your life. He was ahead of every enemy in his day. He is always one step ahead. Then the Pharisees went, and they plotted how to trap him by what he said. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You defer to no one, for you don't show partiality. They're kissing up to him. It's all fake. It's all phony here. Verse 17, tell us, therefore, what do you think? They, hadn't given a, they haven't given two wooden nickels about what he thought up to this point. Anyway. Tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They think this is full. They, they're like, we got it. This is it. He's going to trip up here. We're going to arrest him. But Jesus, perceiving their malice. Oh, he could see the malice. That, that word malice, that Greek word malice, that's the evil brooding on the inside of your heart. You know, when you have malice against someone, it's like whenever their name gets mentioned, you, you bristle. Right? You just hate it. Like for a lot of people, they have a lot of malice against uh, President Trump. They have a lot of people with a lot of malice against our governor, Ralph Northam. You can tell because as soon as you start talking about him, oh, I just, it's, they, they just, they, 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 they don't like them at all. They think they're evil and they want them gone. That's malice. Remember what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says put away all malice, all evil wishing, all, all the, all the, all that energy that you just wish so and so would. When it's you know, they hadn't done anything wrong. That's malice to you personally. All right, that's malice. But perceiving their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Man, he calls them right out, right away. Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? 
show me the coin used for the tax. So they brought him a denarius. Remember, denarius had Caesar's picture right on it. Uh, Whose image and inscription is on this, he asked. And they said, Caesar's. And then he said to them, therefore, give back to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. He totally stumped them. He said, whose picture, who, let me ask you, whose picture is on the coin? Caesar's. Okay, give him to Caesar's. And then you got your own temple currency, right? Okay, you give that to God. So what Jesus does here is he reinforces uh, the believers and, and, and the righteous man's submission to authority. Now, Caesar, at this time, Tiberius Caesar, uh, was, uh, he, he was not... Uh, he wasn't a real nice guy, man. Roman emperors, they were vicious dudes. In fact, when, when Peter and Paul are writing uh, that the church should obey to the human authority, when Peter's writing that in 1 Peter, when Paul's writing it in Romans 13, obey, the human, uh, uh, obey all human authority and submit to them because they're appointed by God, they're talking about Nero. They're talking about Nero. So yeah, as a Christian, listen, we need to support and we need to pray, and we need to fight. we need to be good citizens. Why? Because when we're a good citizen, it represents well on Christ. There is a time to rebel against authority, but the only time we rebel against authority is when they are directly commanding us to disobey our directive from God. Example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, we will not bow down to your statue. The, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down to any graven image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, nope, commandment number one, not going to do it. That doesn't mean you, you can't use that as an example to say, you know, just to violate and disobey any, any law that you don't feel like following. No, we need to submit to the governing authorities because they, they're appointed by the Lord. The Lord appoints them. And so uh, we do need to vote. You don't have to like the one who gets elected, but you should still pray for them. And you should still, I mean, you have a voice, use your voice in a peaceful way. But do not, don't, don't rebel for the sake of rebellion. Don't be destructive. Don't throw, don't throw stuff and taunt good police officers who are trying to keep the peace. That's nonsense. Don't go destroying and rioting and looting. That's, that's, that, that, that is lawlessness. That's not the way. That's not the way to get your point across. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God's what is God. Yeah, on this Roman coin, uh, it said Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus, who was, it was an image of a goddess and it had the subscripted titles of the Roman high priest. So they're loaded with propaganda and worship the pagan gods. And it was for a Jewish person who was trying to serve Yahweh, it was, it was heretical. It was, it was, it was evil they considered to even use the money, much less to let it in the temple. But Jesus says, listen, right now you're under the authority of Rome, and so you need to pay your taxes. Right now we're under the authority in Virginia of Governor Northam, and we need to pray. And if, we're going, if we don't like what he says, well, yeah, we have a voice, but we need to voice it with peace and with respect. The, the, the law enforcement officers, that, that are, especially our local sheriff's department, where the sheriff's an elected official. And so we, we need to support them and pray for them. Uh, state troopers, we need to support and pray for them. National Guard, support and pray for them. Uh, and, and yeah, it's and listen, I'm all about, I'm all about standing with the African-American community. I'm all about that. If that I mean, if you're doing it peacefully and, and prayerfully, I'm seeing awesome things of, prayer, of protests. They call pray tests. 
and people are praying together and there's worshiping going on, if it's peaceful and it's glorifying God and it's done in that way, then fine. But you know what? If it's not, then we need to stop because it's destructive. And the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And I, I really do think we can do both. I think we can love one another, fear God, and honor the king. That's what Paul said. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. We can do it all. We can love our brothers and sisters that are mourning right now. Let's do that. We can fear God. Ultimately, he's the highest authority. And then we can also honor the king. That is the mandate for the Christian. We need to mourn with those who mourn. We need to vote. We need to pay taxes. We need to be good citizens. We need to be productive citizens. We need to work hard so that we can be a blessing. We, we don't need to try to undermine and trick and, and, and push other agendas. No, you know what? We need to rally behind the cause of Christ, and we need to obey him. Listen, right now I'm going to close with this. The wedding, the invitation to the banquet is open. The, the invitation is there. Many are called. I pray that you will respond to that. I pray that you will respond to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you will make him your first priority. I pray that as he's calling you back, as he's calling you to a relationship with, with himself, don't, don't, don't make your business or, or your daily activities or your hobbies or, or anything else you want to do. Don't let anything become more important in your life. When the invitation is given, answer and come. Because I'm telling you, nothing on this earth Nothing on this earth can even remotely touch what we're going to enjoy in heaven. I plan to be there with King Jesus. I hope you're a part of the church. I hope you accept him and that you fight for unity, pray for peace, and love one another. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this teaching from your word. I thank you, O oh God, that you have prepared the feast and you've sent out the messengers uh, telling, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Call on the name of the Lord and be saved. I just pray, oh God, that you would please stir our hearts to make you the number one priority in our life. So many times you're calling us, you're inviting us, and we say, no, I have to go over here. No, I have to do this. No, I have to do this. Lord, when you call us, help us to respond. I just pray, oh God, again, for all the, all the things going on. I pray that as Virginia begins to, as we open up and we go into to phase two of the governor's plan, I just pray you help us to use wisdom, help us to be smart, help us to be safe. We just pray you'll continue, oh God, to, to, to let the severity of, of, of COVID-19 incidences, Lord, help them to, to decrease. We pray for more healing, for continued healing. We pray for uh, church family members who are who are, who are sick and who are undergoing surgeries during this time, separated from loved ones. Be with Larry and Sue, oh God, as uh, we just pray your, con your continued hand upon them. Oh Lord, be with the, the, uh, be with the law enforcement officers in the National Guard. Lord, be with Raymond Bunch and his family. Be with Garrett and Lauren. Be with, be with Anthony and Jenny and be with, 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 with Trooper Anderson and Hannah. And I just pray over all of them, all the ones from my neighbor Tom. I pray for all of them that you'll keep them safe as they try to do their jobs. And I pray, oh God, for I just pray, oh God, for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that that, that, that the African American community, Lord, that are continuing to grieve and 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 Lord, I don't understand. I, I understand that I don't understand how they feel, but I pray that you will help me, oh God, to build bridges. I pray you will help me to be willing to listen and to hear from them and to learn, oh God. And even if I don't agree with it, even if it makes me, 
even even if it if it offends me, oh God, I pray that you will at least help me, oh God, to to speak the truth in love and to listen and be empathetic and compassionate. Because the most important thing in this life is is winning people to you, drawing people to you, oh God. And I know, oh Lord, that you want us to go into all the world. I, I thank God we live in a nation, we live in a county where the ends of the earth are right in our backyard. They're all over this county. And so, Lord, help us, oh God, to reach out when we can. I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One quick